Welcome to the Mama Embodied Podcast with yours truly, Shayna Ray. I'm a somatic attachment coach and therapist that is absolutely dedicated to supporting your soul's evolution as you prepare and step into the prenatal, pregnancy, and postpartum journey. Mama Embodied is a must-listen for mothers and mothers-to-be who are seeking support, community, and all of the tips and tricks to heal yourself so that you can raise secure, resilient kids that can thrive in this unpredictable world. This show is here to help you understand the power and impact of repairing your attachment system and how healing yourself on all levels, mind, body, and soul not only changes your life, but also shapes your future generation's lives to come. Through honest conversations around conscious parenting, effective attunement and communication, mental health, and physical well-being, we're going to explore the importance of embodying what you want your kids to learn so that you could be the one in the family line that stops the family-inherited trauma and creates a safe and loving foundation that your family can lean on. So join me and guest experts in the field as we embrace our stories, share our wisdom, and help you create a life full of well-being, joy, love, and connection with you and your loved ones. So mamas, let's get started. What is up, mamas? I cannot wait for you to dive into today's podcast interview so you can finally learn about this incredible, groundbreaking healing modality called MBSR, and it stands for Mind, Body, Spirit Release. I personally found this modality when I was at the peak of my mental health and chronic illness journey, and it changed my life in so many incredible ways. And As I started to create my own business, I knew without a doubt that I needed to be trained in this modality so that I could give back and truly support my clients in this way as well. Now, for a moment there, I honestly thought I was going to make this a solo episode, but every time I started to jot some notes down, there was one lead trainer that I worked with at the MBSR Academy that kept popping into my head, which is the incredible... Amanda Mirabella, who you're going to hear on the podcast today. You know, energy work involves quantum physics, which can be a pretty dense topic to dive into, in my opinion, and really hard to understand. So what I love about Amanda is that she's so embodied in how MBSR is applied and has such a beautiful language in explaining all the quantum physics principles that makes MBSR such an incredibly impactful tool to utilize on your healing and transformation journey. So in this episode, we cover everything from what MBSR is, how it's applied, why it works, what it can be used for, like healing family inherited trauma or repairing triggers with your loved ones. So pretty big topics, right? So I can't wait for you to see how mind, body, spirit release can truly support you through the prenatal pregnancy and postpartum journey. Now, Amanda also specializes in nutrition. So what's cool about this episode is you're also going to receive amazing tips and mindset shifts that will support the physical side of your journey as well. So before we dive in, I just wanted to provide an official introduction of Amanda and give you some of her background. So she is board certified in holistic nutrition and a board certified holistic health practitioner at Heights of Health, as well as a certified master MBSR and ECR practitioner and lead instructor at the Mind Body Spirit Release Academy that I was talking about earlier. She also has a master's of science in holistic nutrition, a BA in psychology from Texas A&M University and has served hundreds of clients remotely and at a clinic in Denver, Colorado. Now, Amanda's endured many different health challenges in her life, but what's so beautiful is that she's also experienced drastic improvements in her physical and emotional well-being. She truly loves food and believes that there's a tremendous need to bring more connection, joy, and simplicity to the world of health and nutrition, which I completely agree Now, Amanda truly believes that we can attain both vibrant health and ease and that there's truly no need for an ultra dogmatic approach. So she truly strives to bring both clarity and education 
helping her clients achieve self-compassion, which promotes healing. So once you dive into today's episode, if you feel the call to work with either of us through MBSR or become an MBSR practitioner yourself, all the details will be in the show notes below. And if you ever have any questions about this incredible modality, we are absolutely here for you. You can always send us a DM. So with that being said, let's jump right into today's episode. Amanda, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Sheena. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy that you're here because I always get so many questions about what is MBSR. And like I was telling you before we hit record, no one can describe this modality as well as you can. So I just can't wait to dive in. But before we even go there, I just want to know a little bit and have my listeners learn more about you, your background, your story. So what led you to MBSR and supporting clients, not only through this modality, but also with a focus on nutrition? Well, thank you so much, Shana, for saying that. And I mentioned this before the show, but it's it's through practice, right, that I've learned it's MBSR or mind-body-spirit release. It's comprehensive. So it's not always simple to explain, but I'll do my best here. So what brought me to this line of work is like so many other practitioners, right, is I, I learned by doing by error really in my own health. So my health really started declining kind of in um, the, the college time frame. So around college, I was having a lot of pain and discovered um, a benign spinal tumor. And so it led me to really look at my health and and kind of have a good hard look at why I was stuck in this reactive cycle. I was really dependent on antibiotics and and pain relievers. And so for someone in their twenties, I was not in good health at all. And so that led me to a career change, right? So I went back to school. I pursued my master's in holistic nutrition. And while I was in grad school is when I found Heights of Health. So Heights of Health is a naturopathic clinic in Houston, Texas. It's where Tracy Southwick, she's the founder of Heights of Health and also Mind, Body, Spirit Release. And so I was fortunate enough to be able to apprentice under Tracy. And so emotional and spiritual well-being has always been of interest to me. My background, my undergrad was in psychology. And so it was kind of a natural evolution to merge these worlds of holistic nutrition, holistic health, and emotional and spiritual well-being. And so MBSR changed my life, right? It, it I worked on it for myself first, and I knew it was something I wanted to use with clients because it helps examine the patterns and the cycles that we're kind of reenacting over and over again. And, you know, that applies to physical health and or emotional health. And so it really encourages that awareness piece and empowerment, which I know is a big part of your message and, and something you talk about with your audience a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I love how you're talking about going through it before you used it on other clients, like embodiment, mm-hmm. such an important piece. And I didn't even know that about your journey and what you went through, like, cause I went through all that yeah. pain, that physical health issues in my twenties as well. It's almost like after college, all the, <laughs> the toxic, oh, yeah. problems, the drinking, the eating, it's like all that kicks exactly. up. Exactly. Um, the amount of women I've actually been now having these conversations with, the timing, it's so funny. It's like after college when everything starts oh, yeah. to pick up again. So you're spot on. Yeah. So I love that you were able to use MBSR. And it's like, once you use this work, the the shifts are so impactful where you're like, I need to support other yeah. people through this. I want to also let our listeners know MBSR stands for Mind, Body, Spirit, Release. So in your words, Amanda, what is MBSR? Of course. So I'll kind of bring you through the how and then the why, right? Because as I said, it's it's a comprehensive modality, which means there's a lot of different pieces that we pull into it. So Mind-Body-Spirit Release is a modality that helps to identify stressors that are impacting your nervous system. And so we do that by using muscle response testing to understand what's impacting the nervous system. So we will muscle test to see what combination of emotions, limiting beliefs, neurotransmitters, um, pathogens, perhaps are impacting the body and impeding its function. And so once we've identified the combination or the specific ways that the nervous system is impacted, 
we are able to reduce the stress and kind of retrain the body through a technique using the cold laser light. That's the clearing part that we'll sometimes refer to offhand. Mm -hmm. And so really the heart behind that or the intention behind mind-body-spirit release is to identify those subconscious imprints or those patterns that we're inadvertently perpetuating, thinking, why do I always do that? This will help with that awareness piece. Mm-hmm. And so then we can help the body unlearn these negative associations through the clearing process. And so we're in kind of in effect, just encouraging that energetic flow, right? If we view the body as a flow system, um, unprocessed emotions or these beliefs are, are kind of keeping us stuck in that same loop. And so I see MBSR as a way to transform these imprints that have negatively impacted your body, mind, and soul. And so I'm so passionate about this approach because it's not about stress avoidance or having a perfectly regulated immune or not immune system, nervous system all the time, right? That's just, that's not going to happen. We're human, (laughs) but MVSR is really, it's so empowering because it helps us understand, gain awareness from of these patterns in a really compassionate way. Um, And then understand and shed light on on ways that we might be able to kind of cede control, right? Or learn to self-regulate a bit. And so it just removes the barriers and allows us to make different choices or find a new path. Yeah, definitely. That's what I love about MBSR. We're going into the subconscious. So it can be so frustrating, right? When we're looping in patterns, whether it's emotional or physical health related. So I love that MBSR gives you that awareness piece of like, this is where it's coming from. And it's like, I always say to my clients, once you have awareness, it's already unraveling, right? Yes. So with MBSR, you know, I know you take your clients virtually as well as I do. And I know people get hunting up with this energy work and all of this stuff. Like how, how are we able to muscle test and do that virtually? Yeah. Well, first of all, I just want to kind of validate and say, I get it right. Yeah. The, the skepticism, I understand it was brand new to me too. When I was in grad school and found heights of health, muscle testing and energy work was not, they were not part of my vocabulary. So it takes time and just you know, allowing clients to kind of ask those questions is a great thing. So we welcome that. And I know you do too, but I'll give you kind of an overview of um, some important terminology. But I just, I think I mentioned this to you right before, Shana, I just recorded a video that dives deeper into what is energy, what is energy work, what is quantum physics with Dr. Jen Rockless. And Dr. Jen has a PhD in aeronautics and astronautics, and she's also an MBSR practitioner. So she is someone who's studied physics and she's the master of analogy. So she makes it really clear for those of us who have not studied physics in depth. So that's a resource for you all for a longer conversation. But something I want to kind of highlight a term that's important to know is the principle of non-locality. So that principle tells us that two particles, so electrons, for example, they can influence each other without any visible exchange of energy. And I always recommend to practitioners who learn mind-body-spirit release to pick up the book, The Healing Codes by Dr. Alex Lloyd. And it's a great book to kind of segue into the energy work field. But in that book, he gives examples of kind of two different ways that they have studied this quantum entanglement, that connectivity that we're we're relying on and able in order to muscle test remotely, right? Mm -hmm. So one example of this study, and there's another one in the book, is that what they did is they took two strangers, they had them introduce themselves to each other, and then they separated each person by 50 feet, and they put each person in a Faraday cage. So a Faraday cage, it blocks radio frequencies and signals. And so what they did is they put Um, Each person, they connected them to an EEG machine. And so they wanted to measure neurological activity and constriction of pupils. And so what they did was they shined a light in one person's eyes, just one subject's eyes, and they watched as it produced the same result in the other subject. So even though they were separated by distance in a Faraday cage, they were not in physical contact, you saw pupil constriction in the other subject's eyes. And so they continued to separate these people by more time and more distance, and they saw the same result. So shining a light in their eye, pupil constriction in the other person. And so really the message to take from this. I know it's wild, is that we are transferring or exchanging information from one person to another at an unconscious level. 
And so that kind of brings us into how are we able to muscle test virtually? And again, I just want to take some time if you're like, wow, that's just a lot to take in. I need to <laughs> need to see how I feel about this. I, again, I understand. Take some time, kind of digest it. There's some, it's a different way to look at the world. And so applying the principle of non-locality to MBSR, I'm able to muscle test remotely. So if I'm your practitioner, Sheena, I use my own nervous system to test on your behalf. So that's called proxy testing, right? Mm-hmm. And so my favorite example is how we're a- of how we're able to connect comes from Dr. Jen Rockless. And so she she kind of relates this to a radio antenna. So if you're driving, I know radios are less common, but still most people understand this yeah. concept is that if you're trying to find a radio station, you're going to select a channel, right? Select a station that you want to listen to. So the radio antenna works by sending out the frequency or the energy signal and matching it to the radio station. And so when the frequency that you've chosen and the radio station, they find that match, they amplify each other. So you're tuning into that station, you hear that music from that point forward. So the other stations that you did not choose, the frequencies that you did not choose will fall away. You won't hear those radio stations anymore. So in order to connect to you, if I'm your practitioner, I tune into your frequency, right? Tune into your signal in that way. And so that's how we're able to do that from a remote perspective. Yes, I love that. I I think hearing the science is so important. I think for me to get into energy work and start trusting and leaning into it more, I actually needed the science. I started to look at quantum physics. I needed, I'm like, I couldn't just lean into things that they thought were quote unquote woos. Like, well, I actually need to understand the science and how this is actually working. Um, Yes. Another reason why I wanted you in this space with me to help understand, like, I think science is magical. And so some things we can't Mm -hmm. wrap our head around, we call it woo, but we actually, what's so exciting is we now can put quantum physics to it and attach, like there is actually something going on here, which is beautiful. I love what you just said because so Dr. Jen Rockless, she has this phrase to describe the kind of quantum realm of is the realm of the possible. 100%. And another example you gave me, I remember when I was going through the training with you, you were like, when you explain principle of non-locality, people can still be like, what? And so you gave me an example of like, how about two people like on a phone, like you could be thousands and thousands of miles away from someone, but how can you hear their voice, even though they're not in the same room with you, principle of non-locality, right? right? And so I've explained that anyone I've explained that to has been like, oh, now this makes so much sense. Like now I can lean in and trust this. And it's funny. Yeah. Cause like I'll have clients all the time. Like, are you a wizard? Like I didn't, we didn't even talk about this. Like, how were how you able to test and like see this in me? I even had um, a client, we were focusing on self-worth, I believe. Mm. And in her clearing there, I noticed there was a hormone that was blocked that was related to pregnancy, mm. but she didn't tell me she was pregnant or like trying to get pregnant or whatever. Yeah. And so I read the clearing term, like, I don't know why this came up, but just wanted to let you know. And she immediately emailed me saying like, Shana, oh my God, I didn't tell you, but like, I I have been trying to get pregnant and have been struggling and didn't think that's something we could even focus on. And she got pregnant the next month. Are you kidding me? I have goosebumps. It never gets old. It never gets old. And I just, I mean, you know what I love about that is we get responses like that all the time, right? Now you're you're kind of used to it. And the beauty of that is that we don't know as practitioners, we, we yeah. call ourselves facilitators for a reason. Like, you know, it's really important to understand muscle testing and to do that well, you do need to be trained in that as a practitioner. But the beauty of that is it's truly just tuning into your client and the client, you know, their nervous system, their body will tell you, this is what I need help with. So so cool. It is really cool. And I love that it really gives you direction because sometimes you'll see repetitive blocks in certain areas and you're like, okay, this is the direction. Like maybe we didn't Mm -hmm. think we needed to go this way, but every clearing we're getting more insight and we get to go deeper and deeper on these like unconscious blocks. We didn't even know were there. Yes. I know just that awareness piece, like you said, if bringing awareness to it helps you unwind naturally, that helps you kind of soften and just bring, bring kind of the change that you're wanting. So you're, yeah, you're spot on. Yeah. So I want to talk about the power of intention setting because Mm -hmm. 
for those of you that have never done an MBSR session, we always start with an intention. And there's actually mm-hmm. now more research around why intention setting is important, which is really exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd love to hear your thoughts of why it's so important that we set an intention before we do a clearing for a client. Yeah. I mentioned right before this podcast, when she had told me some of the questions that we wanted to discuss, I haven't been asked this before. And so it makes me really excited that we're diving into it. Mm-hmm. So as, as you said, if you're working with a, an advanced or professional level MBSR practitioner, they'll walk you through the process of setting an intention or crafting an intention. And so all that really is, or what that looks like is a paragraph that describes what we're working towards. Right. And so I ask my clients variations of this question, what is it that you want to embrace or embody, or what is it that you want to let go of or release? And so the answers vary widely. Sometimes the client is more focused on physical health and well-being and a specific symptom that is really wearing on them. Other times they're focused on, I think you mentioned this, um, confidence and working on self-worth and regaining trust in themselves. Or maybe they want to work on relationships and family dynamics, which was one of my favorite topics. And so I know a lot of your audience is there are women and mothers. And so I work with women in various stages of motherhood, right? So sometimes that's preparing themselves for birth. Unfortunately, you know, sometimes they've had traumatic birth experiences in the past. So just kind of unwinding from that, or if they're new moms and they're preparing their minds and bodies as best they can, equipping themselves, right? So other times if they're moms with, um, they already have kids, they're working on feeling present and reducing overwhelm while raising kids. So really why the intention is such a crucial part of this work is because it gives us a very clear lens through which to muscle test, right? So the intention serves as the filter so that when we muscle test, we're understanding what is prohibiting this person from actualizing this intention in their life. So that's, that's our filter, right? If you look at any one person, they could probably list off 10 different things that they're really like, I could use some help on this. But the intention allows us to get very specific and, um, and that's when you also, when you have kind of a specific intention, it allows the client to see more tangible results. And so it's just really, it again, just helps us gain clarity. Yeah. 100%. It's like a deep purpose or focus for what we're about to dive into. So if we, if we're covering every topic, like I want to get my health better and self-worth, I always say we want to go deep instead of wide. Because although you want all those things and we can, you know, work on them one by one, if we're just clearing on all these different topics, we're not going to know what is correlated with what like main block, if you will. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Each, each clearing, right. It tells a story. And so if you're looking at this all together, so the intention really helps us get specific on where, what kind of patterns or pathways am I falling into with this specific issue? So Yes, exactly. We want to go deep instead of wide (laughs) or else we can, as practitioners or as clients, we can feel kind of lost and overwhelmed. Yeah, totally. It's almost a little bit too much information, but what's great is you can work on all these different areas from emotional health to personal self-confidence to relationships to physical health. We just want to do it one at a time because I'm sure you're like me where we hear all their main things that they want to focus on. So we have that on the back end and then we just focus on things one at a time. And once that feels resolved or feels really rock solid, we move on to the next topic. Mm Exactly. And what you just said is really important because this work is so powerful, but there is such a need for consistency in this, right? It's not a bad magic bullet. Um, it's not a one and done. And so there, there will be some, you need kind of consistency in your focus. It just depends on the topic and kind of how long it takes per person. It's not like you want your whole life to be about this, but uh, it's not going to just snap your finger and be like, well, I'm good. I'm all solved. (laughs) 100%. I mean, we heal even the neuroscientists pointing we heal through incremental changes I think a lot of us are sold on the big aha moment and everything in the in our lives shift Mm -hmm. but no we we shift through these incremental um changes and that's what's so cool about MBSR we can just get so clear on what those blocks are clear Mm -hmm. them layer after layer until they are fully resolved yes exactly and then I love, yeah, because I, I used to, I, when I first started MBSR, it was supporting women with the physical, and then it started to get more into the emotional. And now with women preparing for kids or have a family of their own, we were talking even before we hit record of 
how this is so great for triggers. And so, Mm -hmm. like you said, like if you're going into pregnancy and you've had a miscarriage or you had Mm -hmm. a traumatic birth before, we can clear triggers in that regard. And then we can also heal triggers with our family dynamics. I think that's honestly the one that's been the most popular for me with clients right now. And it's one of the sections, I guess, there's so many different things included in MBSR, but we can clear disresonance with someone. Mm -hmm. So I'd love for you to dive into like, what is disresonance Mm -hmm. and and like, how are we clearing that through MBSR? Yes. It sounds, it's funny as I'm hearing you talk, because it's been a while since we've caught up about clients. Um, I love also to, to work on relationships and family dynamics. It's one of my favorite topics and just such cool stories. It never, ever gets old. And so when we use the term disresonance um, specific to MBSR, really what we're referring to is disharmony, right? So disresonance can be with spouses, children, coworkers, you know, the list goes on. It's any type of relationship. And so we've all felt that discomfort when we're not communicating clearly, or we have shorter fuses. And so we're running out of patience and we're really frustrated. And so we're like, I'm, I'm going to handle the situation differently this time. I'm just going to do it. But that's again, you know, that's the difference in the conscious subconscious is if we could have just flipped the switch, we would have done it. And so it's, it's a challenge in relationships. It's just, it really highlights areas where we have kind of, we've, we've brought in learned patterns and behaviors too, from how we grew up. And so getting back to this resonance, it's, it's really the intention is to shift the energy. So in your client, you're shifting the energy in one person and it helps to create a more cohesive, supportive dynamic. And so just as an aside here, I'm a huge proponent of therapy. MBSR does not preclude someone from needing to pursue therapy, right? Mm -hmm. But oftentimes, if you're looking at family dynamics, you have family members who won't pursue that for themselves, right? And so if you were looking at MBSR disresonance clearings, this is a wonderful way to help someone if they're feeling kind of stuck or stifled in those relationships. So I can work on, let's say my client and her mom, they're really wanting to work on that dynamic there. I can help my client shift maybe resistance she has to her mom or discomfort or ingrained beliefs, all those kinds of things and um, help their dynamic. Um, And I cannot tell you, and I'm sure you have the same exact experience, how many times people are skeptical, like, I'll just, I'll give it a shot. Why not? (laughs) Let me just see. And they're still, you know, they, they still go into the relationship with maybe a little bit of anxiety. I don't know if this has really changed the pattern. And it's just, I cannot tell you how many times people come back to me, like, you won't believe what happened. And I believe it, right? Because I see it all the time. And so, you know, and I, also want to know it's very common to need to address disresonance between parents and their children. It does not matter if you have, you know, grown children or you're working on an infant. It's just as a part of life where humans and relationships can be messy. And so this is a wonderful tool. And the neat thing is that children really integrate this change beautifully. They really adjust to and acclimate to MBSR sessions really well. And I think that's because they don't have like kind of the preconceived ideas about how effective or ineffective this might be, right? And so whereas um, adults might get caught up in their own heads, kids just acclimate to the change, demonstrate <laughs> improvement beautifully. I don't know if you've seen that change, but I'm sure you have. Yeah, 100%. That's what I love about clear. what's so, like amazing about all this inner work. It's like, I always reiterate, it's not selfish to do this work for yourself because it ripples and impacts all of your relationships. So as you clear those triggers within yourself, even if your mom, your dad, your husband or whoever isn't doing the inner work, there's going to be a complete shift in your dynamic because there's no charge yes. on your side. And it's, mm-hmm. it's felt you know, yes, which, which makes that so much easier to move through. And like with kids, like you said, they're, they're these incredible intuitive feeling beings. Like they're more in their right brain. And we wish we could be more there than always in the ego, the left brain, the analytical. So when you do this kind of MBSR energy clearing work on yourself, it does impact the way they like respond to Mm. you or act because you're not so triggered. You're not in such a reactive state as well. Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, what you just said is such a perfect, just kind of thing to highlight. So when we use the term cleared to denote the process of using the laser within the MBSR session, 
what we're doing as a practitioner is helping to remove the blocks of the flow of energy, right? Those we're kind of removing those disruptors and we're stimulating the mitochondria. So essentially you're energizing the cells and creating that movement and flow again, just allowing the body to function as it should. Right. So the clearing is something that we help with as a practitioner, but it doesn't mean that the the client doesn't have a part in this, right? And so like you're saying, not feeling so triggered or activated. Let's say I was working on a parent and what we addressed was anger, specifically anger at their children. It does not mean that they're not going to feel angry again. When we say yeah. we cleared anger, it does not mean like, oh, poof, gone. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. That's not it at all. <laughs> That'd be great. But it's not, it's not going to happen, right? We're human. And so really what we're aiming for with this work is that the next time you're in a situation that would normally kind of trigger you, right? Or set you off where you would have a short fuse, you are able to self-regulate a bit better. You have a little bit more time to choose differently. And that's not, you know, after two or three sessions, you're like, wow, I'm such a self-regulated human. I don't, you know, that's, that's, we're, we're still human and we're still, you know, messy in the middle of that, but it does allow us that ownership piece. And so we're more aware of these patterns. And so we can um, approach things from kind of a more sense balanced place yeah and like we we're talking about there's just less charge that's the reflection mm-hmm. I always get from clients is like I'm I'm just not charged up and like of course like we'll still get angry in life it's not like like you said we can't remove <laughs> emotions that are a part of our human makeup but yes. when it comes to these dynamics that are setting us off a little too fast or mm-hmm. really triggering or we can't even listen to what they're saying because we're so upset already it diffuses Mm -hmm. that part. So like you can start to become more receptive or understanding or that awareness, like, oh no, I'm I'm feeling a little bit more heated. There's just more space, Mm -hmm. um, less charge and and Mm -hmm. that's huge in dynamics. Those are perfect descriptors. Yes, I absolutely love that. Charge, diffuse, that's exactly (laughs) how I see it too. Like you feel less hot to where like, okay, I'm not as angry now. Yeah, Yeah, totally. And and when you're not, because everything we say, it's triggered by a body sensation. So if we're deactivating or uh, lessening these triggers in the body, naturally we're going to be able to communicate Mm -hmm. clearly or listen to someone. It's just, it's inevitable in that regard, Mm -hmm. you know? Also, I love what you said about just these emotions that are part of this human experience, because, you know, the emotions that come up, anger is what I, what I was talking about, anger or shame, they're, they're not good or bad. They're, they're there for a reason, right? And so it's, it does, it it kind of helps us look at this from a, a lens of compassion for that's why I was kind of responding that way. Here's how I can shift and and do a little bit better. So yeah, it's so neat. 100% because I think, you know, we're trained that they're called negative emotions. What I've been starting mm-hmm. to tell clients, um, I'm trying to switch it to vulnerable emotions. Oh, I love that. Right? Yes. It's like a negative emotion sounds like bad or wrong. Like we shouldn't yeah. be feeling that mm-hmm. when it's like, no, it's just more vulnerable because usually that yes. wasn't received well in the past or, or what. Yes. You know, that, they're that's- there for a reason. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's like they're, they're meant to be expressed. It's just, we're almost using them in triggering situations versus like processing them with an MBSR practitioner, somatic therapist, whatever Mm -hmm. it may be like, but learning how normal these emotions are actually, I think is what diffuses mental health disorders anyways, because we're just like, so in our minds, because we're too scared to feel them. Mm -hmm. But when we flip it and start learning how to feel it, we're not so in our heads, you know? Oh, yes. Oh, all day. I could just listen to you talk about that constantly. I 100% agree. That's all I have to say. I love it. it. So when it comes to relationship dynamics, I want to also snowball into another thing that is so beautiful about MBSR, which is that we get to have a section where we clear family inherited trauma. So I'd love for you to dive into like how we do it, you know, the sections um, of our sheet, like I just whatever. I I also love your words too, so I'd love to hear what you oh, would say. Of course, MBSR and family inherited trauma. Yeah, well, there are a couple different ways. So one term that sometimes people are familiar with this is they're called myasms, right? So myasms are based in homeopathy. And they're essentially genetic imprints or tags on the DNA. And so usually how this plays out, you know, you might see um, cancer myasms, there's a leprosy myasm that I'll give an example of in a second, but it's a physical ailment or a disease that an ancestor dealt with. 
and it impacted them emotionally or spiritually. And so that information is encoded on your DNA and it can be provoked or activated. You might not deal with it necessarily your whole entire life, but something happens and it provokes that. And so it's not entirely different from like a genetic SNP, for example. And my favorite example um, of a myism is a leprosy myism. And so if this comes up for someone, again, it's just someone in your ancestry that likely dealt with leprosy and it could have been a long time ago. But what that might have felt like for your ancestor is it left the imprint of feeling outcast or isolated or they are treated like like a leper, right? We have that expression. We have that phrase like they're dirty or gross. And so it does not mean when you're looking at myisms that this person is predisposed to get this disease, right? And you have to be careful with that when you're dealing with the cancer myism because it's incites a lot of fear for people naturally. Yeah. I would always say to focus on the emotional or their spiritual components, right? How was, you know, how is this impacted and how is it kind of expressed in your genes? And so these are emotional or spiritual pathways that you may be prone to or might be sensitive to. And so we can minimize this effect through MBSR, just like we would any other block or any other thing that came up on your query notes. And so the other part of inherited information or, or ways that we carry down kind of this genetic encoding is we call them generational clearings. <laughs> so the way we muscle test this is we look at the maternal side and the paternal side, and we'll test for, you know, how many generations back, where did this kind of originate? And so how what emotions or beliefs have been impacting you that you carry down from this kind of family line. And the intention here is not to blame family members like, oh my gosh, my mom's side of family. Can you believe it? And so we we just want to bring awareness to the dynamics that you want are wanting to shift, right? Or might have been really harmful to you. And so part of that, we will muscle test for emotions or beliefs. Those are always the two that I go to, but we will also muscle test for strengths. And so what are some of the, the strengths, the attributes that you've inherited from this family line as well? Because we don't want clients fixating on the negative, like I said, going into that kind of blame perspective. And so this really helps to highlight that as well. Yeah, that's what I just love about MBSR. It's like when we have an intention, like not only do the things we go through in our personal life impact us in reaching that intention we set, but so does family inherited trauma. So I just love that MBSR brings that to light in a way that's very compassionate and understanding versus like, got F you mom side of the family. Like you've been having these emotions keep passed down and that's in my genetic makeup and now I'm clearing that shit. Yes. Um, yeah. Like, what the hell? I always like make that comment with my clients because I'll always send them a video to walk through the clearing street. I'm like, and that's what I love about what you guys created with this model is like, although we can acquire negative aspects that like we're here to stop in the family line, we also have strengths because of what they went through, right? Like, mm-hmm. Every time we go through something hard, not only is it hard, <laughs> but we also, yeah. when we get to the other side, there's something that an incredible gift and strength that wouldn't honestly have been cultivated if we didn't go through that. So yes. that's what's so special of that clearing is walking through the blocks that are clearing, but also helping you see, well, you also acquired this beautiful strength because mm-hmm. of what your family went through. It's so, I love, love, love what you just said. And it's, it's that balance, right? So it's the awareness piece. And so it's, it's really kind of the ownership and responsibility. So you're not trying to gaslight yourself, be like, okay, well, I need to get over it, right? It's fine. It's fine. I'm good. But you can bring kind of this maturity to this of, yeah, this is really incredibly hard, whether it was maternal or paternal side, it's, you know, a family dynamic that was really, it really strained me and it kind of harmed me in some ways but it does allow you to shift, right? They, and bring that recognition to my parents, my family, they're humans. They have their own kind of set of baggage as well and things that they are working through. And they might've not had the same tools or resources or access that we do now. And so it does kind of help you make that pivot in a healthy way. Like I said, not gaslighting yourself or not just, you know, totally bypassing or ignoring the hard. Yeah, 100%. And this makes me think of a story I had with a client and I was reading her, her family inherited trauma and she ended up going to her mom because it had to do with her uh, her grandmother on her mom's side. So she actually asked her mom, like, hey, here are the blocks. Like, And apparently her mom, she said, just broke down into tears because she knew exactly what mm-hmm. I, I brought up. 
Um, and wow. she was able to share that story with her daughter, who was my client. And she was like, we had our own breakthroughs in and of itself. She was like, I had never even heard of the story of what my grandmother went mm -hmm. through. And like, it made us closer. And it's so it's cool. It kind of opens that door. Cause I think family inherited trauma also gets passed on because we're afraid to share those stories of like what yeah. happened, but that's only mm -hmm. perpetuating that in the family line because no one has awareness on it. Right. Mm -hmm. now, I will make a disclaimer. I don't recommend that every person that does an MBSR clearing to go to their parent. <laughs> I, I remember when she asked me, I was like, do you think your mom would be receptive to hearing this kind of information? And she was like, oh no, she like eats the shit up. <laughs> Like very open. <laughs> so I was I literally had to preface I was like do you are you sure she's going to be open to yes. hearing about this trauma? know your audience yeah <laughs> yeah so I want to highlight if you hear this and think like oh yeah my you know there are certain family members no no shade that aren't going to be very <laughs> so so just a little disclaimer if you do an MBSR clearing with me or Amanda it's not something that is required to share this with uh your family if they're open it can really be a beautiful bonding story like with my client if they're not the good mm -hmm. news it's not necessary for them to know in order to heal it's like remember we we've cleared mm -hmm. that layer in the family line so it's going to naturally impact them but we don't need to, we don't need to share it or chat about it in order for the clearing to actually work effectively you know what i mean it's a great note that's a great <laughs> note <laughs> yeah you're exactly right i've had several clients that have just had transformative experiences with their parents or grandparents and others that are like i know that probably won't go over well or like what on earth are you using this remote virtual muscle testing energy work you know it's just going to it's not going to be the experience or envisioning so yeah i always say know your client know your audience know your kind of the people that you're working on yeah exactly but like, I want to just keep reiterating it's not required to share this with them for it to heal it's already shifting mm -hmm. and it's amazing how you'll you'll it, it's inevitable you'll naturally start to see shifts in dynamics and ways you didn't think were possible I even had um when I did a physical health clearing on a woman um not only did she clear parasites but her daughter did so it's wow it, you can't make this shit up. <laughs> no, no, exactly. Well, I know I'm kind of bringing us to like a, a really heavy topic, but I was just thinking about um, people will ask us, can you work on clearing this resonance between people who have passed away? And oh, yes, of course, because, you know, just because someone has passed away and a grandparent, a relative, a friend, it doesn't mean that you have ceased having feelings, right? Or it doesn't mean your relationship is just over. You still have energy and this dynamic between. And so it's really, it's, it's all about your client, right? You're shifting things for your client and helping them heal um, where they might not have that reconciliation with someone who's, you know, still birth side. So yes. Oh, I didn't even think about it in that regard. I'll have to do that with uh, my dad. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. It really has a lot of applications. Wow, that's beautiful. Yeah, there because you know we're all still connected in one way or another, and if there's still mm -hmm. triggers or pain you're working yeah. through, it's such a beautiful doorway to use MBSR in this way. It really is. Yeah, uh, I love that. So, another question I had for you is something you've actually mentioned. I remember hearing you talk about this, and I'd love to just talk about it here. Is like why MBSR is not a passive modality. Mm -hmm. Yes, that might be a trigger for me, Shana, <laughs> when I hear that I probably need to work on that. <laughs> but you're exactly right. MBSR is not meant to be passive. It never was. It Clients have to take part in the process. And so you, you know, we can kind of develop unhealthy dynamics as practitioners if we're noticing clients becoming over-reliant. And what that might look like is you might have a client saying, Sheena, can you just clear this for me? And so that is kind of a signal that they're not really taking part in that or that ownership. They're looking for kind of a quick fix. And of course, ask for help when you need it. This can really help. I have asked many times when I'm feeling kind of hopeless, but if you're seeing a client and you're noticing kind of the same patterns over again, it's just a signal that you, you need them to kind of take part in this with you. And so 
you know, if, if you can look at this from a different way, if you were seeing, I'll sometimes give the example of like a PT, a physical therapist, and they ask you to do stretches or these exercises to be between sessions to um, build up strength or work on mobility or flexibility, whatever that is, and you don't do them, then you're going to kind of go back to the same issue over and over with them, right? You're just repeating the same, the same behaviors or having the same trouble. And so an example of how a client can kind of take that ownership and an active role, accelerate their healing from an MBSR perspective, it doesn't have to be complicated. It does not mean it's like a 12 step. I need you doing this daily, right? It doesn't yeah, be rigid. Right. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just implementing some of this. And so you, they have the awareness piece through the clearing notes, but how are they going to kind of take um, take that ownership? And so that could look like utilizing their custom affirmations. And we talk about how to use those from a really impactful perspective, right? Could be focusing on breath work or journaling um, therapy, right? There's there's it could even be something physical. Like sometimes our people are having a hard time getting in their body or that embodiment piece. So it might be massage or chiropractic. And so those are ways that they can really kind of take part in this process. So you're actually, you're seeing change throughout the intentions, right? That will be kind of a signal to you and how we're progressing. Or are we, are we revisiting the same topics over and over again? And so it kind of goes back to the, the thing we we're talking about earlier, when we're working on addressing emotions like anger, for example, I'm not looking at that thing. Sheena, I actually heard you say that you got angry twice last week and you're not doing your work. That's not, you know, what I'm talking about. It's it's um, seeing a shift in how you're talking about it. Did you feel a little bit kind of, like you said, less charged going into that that situation. And so that's how, you know, we're, we're creating those new neural pathways because that is a challenge. That's not, I'm not going to say that's super easy to do. They're a well-worn path for a reason. And so it just has to be some sort of kind of ownership in that process. So you're not overly reliant or dependent on your practitioner. Yeah, I agree. Cause I feel like if you're over reliant on anyone you work with, you're giving your power away you know it's like we in these dynamics we're doing this to support you but it's you have the power and it's more like we're just a guide to help you find Mm -hmm. what's already inside because we're meant like we are beings that are meant for connection and collaboration so I think people get they the they pendulum swing on like codependency or like super independent and it's like actually we we need both it's like you got you Mm -hmm. and I'm here to support you and help you find your blind spots but if we rely too much on like you need to fix me or you need to help me it actually won't create shifts you know Mm -hmm. um I know even in the beginning of my healing journey, when I was like in a really low point, I did have a phase where I was like, you need to help me. And nothing really shifted because I wasn't taking ownership of like what I can do. And once I did, it it shifted everything. So it is about collaboration. Mm-hmm. Even when I do somatic attachment repair work with my clients, I always say, I'm like, we're, we're a team and we're going to collaborate yes. and I'm here to support you. But like, ultimately, I'm going to give you some suggestions and then you also figure out what works for your system, what, what feels good for you. And that collaboration is what's going to create transformation and and shifts in your life. Oh, exactly. Right. And yeah, I, we don't ever say this from judgment, right? There have absolutely been times when I have been in kind of the passive role and it's just, it, sometimes we need someone to help us kind of gain awareness of that. Like Amanda, you know, you are, I'm hearing you say this, that this is what you want, but this is actually what you're doing. So (laughs) again, take some of that love and, and, you know, I always say, get your actions in alignment. And so I say that to myself all the time. Do you actually want to get strong and work out? So what are you doing to make that happen? So it's not just a, I expect this of my clients. I expect it for myself too. And we all need that kind of awareness and, and gentle compassion with ourselves and, and um, awakening. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Sometimes we're going to veer out of alignment and through awareness yeah. be like, Oh no. Okay. Let me come back to this collaboration or like, let me take yes. ownership of my things and come to my session to work on the, the blind spots. I love that. It's like, we're, we're, we're going to come totally. like alignment here and there. And that's yes. not the problem. It's more like once you notice like, Oh, I'm kind of mm-hmm. relying on them to fix me. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, let me come back into this collaboration and like I have enough yes. worth to get support um but I I can also shift things outside mm-hmm. of session too absolutely I completely agree uh, love it so I know you also have a, a focus and a specialty in nutrition 
So I'd love for you to just walk us through how you typically work with a client as Mm -hmm. you put these two modalities like nutrition and MBSR together. Yes. It took me a while to find it right. My stride with that. How do you kind of merge these worlds and are people interested in that? And so my outlook for with clients before, during, and after pregnancy, isn't necessarily that different from outside of pregnancy completely. Right. And so I don't subscribe to one school of thought or one ideology when it comes to nutrition, but a lot of my favorite books and education comes from traditional diets. So resources like, you know, Weston A. Price and Sally Fallon, people like that. And so when my clients are preparing for pregnancy or they become pregnant, I really try not to overcomplicate it. I try to keep it as simple as possible. And my focus is always on making sure that they are abundantly nourished. And I think women tend to be undernourished anyways, usually not intentionally. And those needs only increase during pregnancy, right? And so Yes, pregnancy is beautiful and transformative, but it's also really physically taxing. And so probably my biggest focus for them is making sure that they're eating enough protein, right? It's so important to avoid preeclampsia, low birth weight, just to name a couple. And so I, I personally do not track macros or food intake. It's just, it takes all the joy out of life for me. Totally. I don't recommend that to to everyone. But if someone in pregnancy or kind of postpartum is really struggling with a lot of symptoms, it can be worth using tracking or understanding your macros, even for just a few days. So something like a chronometer or chronometer, it's an app and a website. And so it can be helpful to understand kind of what your food intake looks like. And again, it's usually because women are unintentionally undernourishing themselves. And so macros, if people aren't familiar with that term. It's just kind of the breakdown of protein, carbohydrates, and fat that you're intaking. And so I'm sure a lot of people who are listening have heard of this book, but Lily Nichols, she wrote a real food for pregnancy. It's an excellent book and resource. Um, I recommend everyone to have. And so she generally advises pregnant women to have about 80 grams of protein in the first half of pregnancy and about hundred grams in the second half. And that is dependent on you as an individual, right? Some people benefit from more than I'd probably eat about that much non-pregnant, right? (laughs) So, um, and along that line, she advises about 170 carbs per day, uh, grams of carbs per day while pregnant. And so if people have, have not kind of tracked their macros before, they're not familiar with uh, what that looks like visually, that means nothing, right? (laughs) And so you can go and look, look up what, how many grams does, you know, one egg have something like that can be really helpful, but just to gain like a, a general framework, I'm all about kind of building the foundations there. Right. And then don't feel like you need to track again. Again, like I said, I don't do that in my daily practice. It, it is, I don't like it. So, um, but a big part of what I, I try to help women with is shifting the mindset so that moms can really embraces, embrace the changes of pregnancy. And so again, I'm under no illusion that it's just all comfortable and whimsical and magical, but there's so much attention given to how women look externally and their weight and appearance that there are other health markers that are ignored. Right. And so I'm sure that you've heard this before and people have probably seen a studies on this, that they equate pregnancy to a, being about as energetically expensive as endurance races. So things like Ironmans and marathons wow. and things like that. So can you imagine for a second, if we viewed pregnant women, like if we viewed that time period, like athletes getting ready for a marathon, how much that would shift. And, you know, it, it makes me sad because I think that, you know, we, uh, not everyone, but society tends to view pregnant women with kind of pity or even mock pregnancy brain. But if we just took a step back and recognized what a daily physical feat, daily physical feat that was, I think that it would help us kind of shift and understand our nourishment and um, the necessary weight gain that goes into that time period. Right. And so I really think it all comes down to, and actually you just said this, helping women approach pregnancy and childbirth and motherhood by learning to lean into their intuition. And it can be incredibly hard because in this arena, there's a lot of outsourcing. So outsourcing your own knowledge and intuition. And I really want women to get comfortable, whether it's nutrition or we're working on um, kind of their boundaries or just kind of emotional health or well-being, 
turning inwards and listening to themselves because there's just a, there's a lot of noise, right? A lot of it. Yeah. Oh my God. I love that so much. Yeah. Cause it's like, you know, yourself the best, but if we question that it's actually typically trauma that's getting in the way of us trusting our inner knowing. Um, yes. So I love that you even point to that. Cause I think MBSR is a beautiful modality to start unlocking that inner knowing you already have and feeling more confident mm-hmm. and leaning into, I think, cause as you clear more layers and levels of trauma and emotions, you can finally come back to that intuitive gifted being you are that knows exactly mm-hmm. what works for her. And, um, exactly also right. loving your example. I, I didn't even think of it this way. I mean, it makes sense. Like tr- if we had the mindset of training for this, like it was a marathon, like, that right. was, like an actual big deal. Like, I yeah. Think- Carbo loading. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's, it, it is like you are, you're about to bring life into the world. That is such a big deal that, isn't honored enough, isn't celebrated enough, isn't supported enough. Um, so I think that's such an important point you're driving home with that. Mm, yeah. Thank you. Well, you know, I was just thinking about one of my clients who's a mom of three. And so she's not in the, you know, the time and place where we're working on childbirth or anything like that. But what I have seen and how I've seen her grow is she was listening to a podcast with a couple of health professionals that she really respects and, and likes to learn from, but she listened to that. And then she said, you know, I actually think I'm going to do this. And so even though there are people that she really respected and admired and, and heard, she really took to heart, right? She didn't have her walls up. She made her own health decision. And I think, I mean, that is exactly, it's hard for all of us, even if we're health professionals, if we're thinking, well, they know a lot, what am I missing? Right. And so I think that's, it's such a skill that we can of keep learning throughout our entire life. Yeah, 100%. Oh, I love this so much. So before we sign off, was there anything else you wanted to add or touch on? You know, I'm sure I'm sure that there are questions from from um, clients or prospective clients that we haven't hit on. But, you know, let us know. I think people will know where to reach us because MBSR, I, I do think because it is so comprehensive and practitioners use it in wildly different ways. Right. Yeah. There is a lot of like, well, can I use it for this? And it and it probably yes. It just depends. Right. Um, there's a lot of different practitioners using it in different ways. So tell us, contact me or Shana if you have questions and we'll help guide you. Yes, absolutely. And I'll make sure to add all the links uh, you mentioned in this episode in the show notes. I'll uh, add that book recommendation. I do love that book. I have that. Yes. So good. So good. And so clean and clear, very simple. Mm -hmm. So I guess to wrap it up, how can they stay connected to you and what offerings you have and and MBSR trainings are they're coming up or what's going on? Yes. Yes, of course. So people can find me through my website. It's just Mirabella, like my last name, MirabellaHolistic.com. And so I am on Instagram as well, less present on Instagram. So um, MirabellaHolistic.com, my website is probably where you'll find me most. And then for MBSR trainings, um, MindBodySpiritRelease.com is our website. So very simple and straightforward. I do take clients and see clients for MindBodySpiritRelease as well as holistic wellness. And so the holistic wellness is inclusive of nutrition. Of course, we use a bioresonance scan um, called Nest, the Nest system. And so we use a different type of kind of energy work and clearing in that session as well. It always includes energy work. And so those are kind of the two different offerings and I'm jumping around, but the MBSR training, we have kind of a rotating, um, there's three different levels, right? That we bring practitioners through. And it's really just to build on a skill and knowledge over time. And so the foundational training, we actually have one starting tomorrow, but there be others. Um, there are many others throughout the year and we'll be sharing about that on the website so they can find more information there. Nice. Easy enough. No, that MBSR training was absolutely incredible. And I feel so honored to be trained by you and all the amazing women at Heights and Hell. So seriously, thank you for taking the time to chat today. Oh my gosh. Are you kidding? We feel so, I'm not just saying this, we feel so grateful for you and it was just a pleasure being here, Shana. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you know someone who would benefit from hearing this message, please share it with them. And if you're loving these conversations, make sure to subscribe and leave me a review on what you love about the show so I can keep the good vibes coming your way. And speaking of reviews, I also have something really, really special that I want to gift to you. 
Over the past couple of years, I've created a prenatal, pregnancy, and postnatal wellness guide that I continue to update and evolve. And trust me, you're going to want to have this resource by your side. It covers everything from my supplement recommendations to grocery lists for every phase of the journey to detox protocols to prep for pregnancy to mental health support to discount codes to non-toxic living tips to spiritual rituals to connect to your baby and so much more. So basically, it's the motherfucking shit. And it's a Google Doc. So rest assured, every time you click into it, it's the most up-to-date version. So if you want a copy of your own, it's super, super simple. Just leave a review for the Mama Embodied podcast, screenshot the review, and email it to Shayna at ShaynaRayTherapy.com. So that's Shayna, S-H-A-I-N-A at Shayna Ray Therapy, S-H-A-I-N-A-R-A-E-T-H-E-R-A-P-Y.com, and I'll send you that free copy. Now, in case no one told you today, I want you to know that you're doing a fucking incredible job and the world is so much better with you in it. So thank you for being here and I can't wait to see you in the next episode.